You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the On Deck DFS podcast for Major League Baseball right here on the Line Star app because, well, it's the best place to get all of your fantasy needs for daily fantasy. Make sure you download the, uh, the app today and get rocking and rolling, especially on the premium one. Chris Meany, it's the weekend. It's Saturday, Sunday edition, so it's time to look ahead. Are you ready? You have your, uh, your future-telling goggles on, my friend? Oh, yeah, I've been wearing them all night, all night last night, and I kept them on overnight, and I'm wearing them today. Happy Saturday to everybody. Let's make some cash. All right, so you got uh, the slate split in half for Saturday afternoon. You've got the Orioles in Boston, as we talked about on yesterday's show, Porcello and Cashner in that one. I imagine a whole lot of offense in this game. Obviously, I'm not going anywhere near either of these two pitchers, but... I think this one has a nice expected total considering how hittable Porcello is. So I'm thinking, I mean, this is a probably one we want to target offensively right off the bat. Yeah, the, the over is going to be a strong play. And I'd say at least 10 runs scored in this game. Kastner and Porcello have both been bad to start the season. They've allowed a lot of fly balls. They've allowed a lot of home runs. Porcello's command has been just brutal. So if you want to go the opposite way and think of some Baltimore bats, Mancini, VR, these are guys that we like. Absolutely. I think they're strong plays. And Ben Attendee, I've noticed, has been a value if you're playing on FanDuel. He, he continues to lead off of the Red Sox, so he sets the table, and this Boston offense is, is coming. All right. Now you've got the White Sox this weekend taking on the Yankees and that continuation of Fridays. Uh, and look, <laughs> you know, another Yankee going to the injured list on Friday, Gary Sanchez. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And I mean, I wish it was something we could take a shot on where it was like some middling pitcher against the Yankees who was – a little maybe underpriced considering how many injuries, but Ivan Nova's not that guy. No, so you know, we're going to move past that. Um, honestly, offensively, it's, it's tough to get involved in this one because there's a lot of swing and miss in there. I mean, honestly, I think Jose Abreu is the one guy that kind of sticks out to me against Sabathia. It's a good ballpark factor. Um, and I just, it is, it is really getting tough for the Yankees. And, and it's honestly, it's going to take its toll on the pitching too, because at a certain point, Chris, even the Yankee pitchers, when we do like their matchups, you're going to start to wonder how much run support can they get? Oh man. Yeah. They've had some brutal luck to start the season. Another guy in the DL. I'm interested in a couple white Sox here. You know, you write about Nova, maybe a better real life pitcher than fantasy keeps the ball on the ground, but doesn't have a lot of upside in terms of strikeouts, but I'm not totally believing in Tim Anderson. And I know you're not either. No, I am career. Not. He's a 316 hitter against lefties. Uh, he's hitting well over 600 this year in a small, small sample size over lefties. I, I don't think he's all that great of a hitter. Well, to be the honest. thing with Anderson, too, is even if you go back and look, you know, last year you look at the overall numbers and you go, oh, wow, look at the power and all that stuff. But he had seven home runs in May. And mm. I think when you, when you pull back on that and you realize that he never hit more than three in any other month, the right. power is not really over. I mean, if you, all of a sudden he hits two in the month of May last year. All yeah. of a sudden, that's a, it's a much different conversation. Is a guy who had 12 home runs or 13 home runs, something like that, and then all of a sudden, you know, 20 steals and he's hitting 240. You're not that excited, and I, I don't think you should get excited about Tim Anderson. No, from a season-long standpoint, absolutely not. I mean, you look at last year, he, he hardly got on base at a 300% clip. So, for me, or .300, rather, for me – 
It's just when he faces a lefty, I'm a little intrigued. So just keep that in mind. When he faces lefties, he's near the top of the lineup. But, yeah, from an overall season-long standpoint, getting a lot of questions on him, not completely buying in either. No, and look, I know we didn't get to talk about it because he got postponed, but Michael Pineda against the Tigers in the afternoon. So I'll go ahead and make your best pitch for Michael Pineda. (laughs) And, look, I I can understand it considering if you're playing the afternoon only and you don't want to go up to the top of the board for the Blake Snells or the Max Scherzers or the Madison Bumgarners who are going to be on this slate, I can understand it. So go ahead, make, make the pitch. Let's see if you can sell me. It will mostly, how about this? The Tigers strike out seven, 27% of the time. So that's, that's a good pitch. That's tough five in baseball. <laughs> so we'll start there. With Pineda, again, there's going to be some, some growing pains, especially like last year he didn't pitch at all. If you've been listening to the show, you know that I, I'm a fan of his upside. So he can strike some guys out. He can also serve up a couple home runs. But this Tigers lineup, isn't, it's, it's nothing to scare you, right? There's, there's a couple bats in that lineup, and Miggy is off to a really slow start. So he, you know, he's not even one of them right now. Goodrum is interesting in that cleanup spot is another guy uh, who can provide some pop and some stolen bases but for Pineda is more he gets stretched out the, the more I'm intrigued with him and I think this is a good spot for him at home against a team that strikes out a lot well and Pineda's always been his own worst enemy he's yeah, been exactly. a guy that can get the first two outs of a game and then give up a bloop and a walk and next thing you know it's five runs he kind of has that thing and I've watched it so many times when he's pitching for the Yankees especially and even to a certain extent for the Mariners certain times in his career where he just seems to unravel at times and that's you know, yes. it's a concentration. It's the bearing down when you're so close to getting out of an inning and then, like, the wheels just come off. So he, if he can avoid the big inning, and I think he can against Detroit, I'm with you. I think he's in play, absolutely. All right, the uh, California Angels, I should say, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I can't believe I said California. Yeah. I must have been thinking <laughs> I love it. baseball today. Remember the California Angels? Of course. Of Where's course. Bobby Gritch and Doug DeSensei's when you need them? <laughs> God, all those great mustaches. Oh, fantastic mustaches. Bring back those porn mustaches from the 80s. You know what I love about 80s baseball cards, Chris? Everybody looks like they're 47 years old, and all those guys are like 28. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you have like the hair and the mustaches. And you look at like an Ed Whitson baseball card from his rookie year. He looks like your high school chemistry teacher. I don't know why. He just does. It's amazing. Yeah, it really does. Let's yeah. turn back the clock and bring back some, <laughs> some mustaches and oh, some mullets. I'd be a, a little- fan. A little, uh, <laughs> a little retro baseball card humor for you today. Uh, so uh, Kyle Hendricks uh, will be at home against the Angels. With Trout out of the lineup yesterday, I, I mean, to me, even if Trout is in the lineup on the weekend, I'm taking all the shots I can at this Angels lineup. I love Hendricks today. I think he's safer than Pineda. Uh, I think you would have to pay for him. But still, I think Hendricks is a terrific play. I think that uh, there's more strikeouts in that lineup now, uh, potentially, too. So for me – uh, give me all the Kyle Hendricks uh, on the afternoon slate on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're chasing a win, you know, I think it's a it's a pretty good bet. Especially well, he's not if, a great strikeout pitcher, but he has his moment. He could he could drop a six seven K game once in a while for oh. sure. Yeah, he he can. Yeah, he's more of a guy that helps your ratios out. But from a DFS standpoint, yeah, if you're facing um, you know, it's already a weak lineup in the Angels anyways without Mike and Trout, no DH too on top. And of you're that. exactly you're going to have to face Stratton. So that's a Hendricks is in a good spot here to succeed. And yeah, for sure, I can get behind that. All right, Absolutely. Blake Snell taking on Clay Buckholtz in Toronto. That should be a, an easy W. So, obviously, Snell will be on the cash game discussions there, as yes. will Max Scherzer against the Pirates. Now, you know, this is another one who is, you know, kind of crapping all over the Pirates lineup and uh, with good cause. I mean, they're dreadful, you know. So, uh, yeah. Max Scherzer probably looking at double-digit Ks in this one. So, if you're playing cash games, it's really hard not to have Max Scherzer because I think the wins, the double-digit strikeouts, I know you're a little worried about the injury 
this week. Some people were anyway. Were, are you in, worried about that at all? Like, are, are you slightly concerned, even though the matchup is really good because he wasn't 100% going into the start? No, the, it's very encouraging to hear that he's at least throwing bullpen sessions with even with his leg, his ankle wrapped up. So, I mean, that's that's a positive. If he if he wasn't feeling near what eighty percent, let's just say that's a number. If he wasn't feeling near eighty percent, ninety percent, he wouldn't be out there throwing. So, I, I'm comfortable with him. And hey, maybe even some people will shy away because of that. Maybe you'll get him at a lower ownership. I love I love Snell as well. I think this Jays lineup is completely watered down. It's not great. They, they struggle against lefties as well. So Snell goes in there. He's in a really good spot. Those are those are the two cash game pitchers for me that I'm going to roll out. I think, too, and going back to that Rays game, guys like Tommy Pham are very much in play for me in that Rays lineup against Clay Buckholtz in that oh, building. Yes. I, I think for that, sure. that's one to really keep an eye on, and uh, it's going to be a sneakier one because – you know, if that's like the stack of the afternoon, the Nationals are going to be the one that I want that's too expensive probably. You're going to have to pay for them. Uh, Kyle Freeland and Bumgarner are going to go at each other here. And we've seen some mixed results from both of them. Um, mostly good from Bumgarner, but, you know, the last start wasn't great. Things kind of unraveled there, you know, after the first four innings for him. And Kyle Freeland on the road, you know, obviously a little bit better play. But, you know, you're kind of flipping a coin here. So whenever it's one of those kind of situations and I have other options, I'd much rather pivot to Hendricks. Or um, or possibly even Pineda in this one. Stay away from these guys. Yeah, I, I love Freeland on the road. And you look at the Giants, and if he wasn't Bumgarner, I'd be all over this. Well, but that's the problem. That I is like exactly it. We're looking at like a you know a, a two-two game in the sixth inning, and then it's into the bullpens. Yeah. Very, that's, very that's, possible. Yeah, that's my concern with this one. All right, uh, six ten. You move on to Zach Eflin and Caleb Smith. So Caleb Smith, give me some Michael Franco, please, for the Philadelphia Phillies and some other righty bats in there. Uh, because we uh, we like to troll the Marlins here because we can, and that's yeah, uh, a good thing. So Hoskins, Michael Franco, they're they're big time in play for me. Even Real Muto, also, I'm willing to pay for those guys. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. A little bit of a revenge game. We we've been talking about Real Muto on the Fanduel side as just a value play, and you're right, he's just in the meat of that lineup. So the Phillies lineup is just so nice, and when you can take advantage of a value play, you got to do it. And and you're gonna get a lot of questions probably. Um, and at least I've had some about Zach Eflin and yeah, he's off to a really good start and, you know, maybe he can get you a win here today. He's a tournament but, arm, I think in the matchup today. Yeah. As a secondary pitcher, I think you'll have enough of a discount on him to make him a tournament pitcher today. Yeah, for sure. Because he's better to target on the road. I mean, he, he still is a fly ball guy and a contact guy, even though he's, he's had some strikeouts uh, this season. So, you know, maybe he's a cheap option for you in terms of pricing, especially over on DK when you got a roster two arms. All right, now, looking ahead, outside of Justin Verlander, it is a complete dumpster fire of evening pitching. I mean, it is a who's who of, you got to be kidding me. That's what it is. Wainwright, who I like to make fun of. You got Wainwright, Tanner Rourke, Jeffrey Rodriguez, Homer Bailey, and it gets worse from there, kids. I mean, it literally just continues to go downhill, and you just, you go through, and it's Jason Vargas, it's Adrian Sampson, it's Strom, who's been terrible, Merrill Kelly had, you know, had a moment there. He did have a moment. I'm cautiously optimistic where I think that's where I'm going. But really, I mean, Felix Hernandez, Zach Davies, Chris, I, I know people think I'm like exaggerating, but I'm really not. It is, it's dreadful. So it's Verlander busting cash. And then after that, it is basically where do you want your, take your shot? I think I'm going to take it with Merrill Kelly. I'm curious what you think. 
Yeah, Kelly is interesting to me. I took him in a couple spots in season-long formats. I watched his last start and against the Red Sox, and you know I was actually pretty impressed. He, he's got a nice curve. He can mix the speeds. Uh, I, I need to see a little bit more before I start rolling him out in cash, obviously. But this one here against the Padres, I mean, they have some guys who can swing and miss in that lineup. Nine strikeouts in eight innings against the Red Sox. Yeah. It was eight scoreless. Actually, he gave up the one run, rather. But even still, that was a strong, and strong short. hasn't been good. I mean, everybody no, is very much on Strom, and, and he was one of the darlings coming out of spring training, but he has not been good. And this is a road matchup for him, and there's a fair amount of strikeouts in that Padres lineup that's available, even though there's some good hitters. The other guy I'm curious about your take is Sean Newcomb. Uh, Braves at home. You know, he's got talent. I just worry about, again, length of start and whether or not he can bridge to a win. And I don't know if he can. That's that's my kind of issue with him. Yeah, he's he's a frustrating case to try to figure out. I mean, the strikeouts haven't been there this season. He only has five and 11 innings. His biggest thing is his command, Joe. It's it's the walks that always has been. It was over the past couple seasons. It was bad. And so far this season, he's given up six free passes in just 11 innings. So, I mean, I think you can think about some of the Mets bats and and this is probably going to be another high scoring game between these two teams. You got Vargas, a lefty and Newcomb, a lefty. So we, every time we talk about the Braves are going up against a lefty, I know it's repetitive here, but Marcakis and Albies, uh, again, Josh Donaldson is, is going to be a guy that's going to break out over the course of his career. He, he's a guy that just smashed. And Cano's a guy that hits left-handed pitching. So that's, Very that's well. That, that, you know, don't you, you know, you got to look a little deeper. You can't just see the lefty-righty and then just run away. Or lefty-lefty, rather, I should say. You can just run the other way. You don't want to do that. So I'm looking for offense from the Mets and, and um, the Braves. And I'm also looking back to that uh, A's and Rangers game with Marco Estrada and Adrian Sampson. So normally we've been all over uh, the Mariners. I know we've been riding the Dodgers. We're going to give them a, a, just a, a slight bit of a break. Yeah, but it's it's back to Texas and Oakland. It's back to the Mets and the Braves. Um, I think between those two games, you're going to see a fair amount of runs in those. I mean, the, I mean, we're talking like six five kind of contests. I'm thinking at minimum. That's that's yeah. what we're talking about. It could even be some blowouts in one of these. Obviously, oh for sure. So that's that's what it looks like in terms of Saturday. So let's go ahead and take a peek at Sunday's games here on the slate as we head in for your weekend at DFS. And by the way. We want to encourage you all to subscribe to the show here. You can listen on deck anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, FM, Google, I don't know, all these things, wherever you listen to a podcast, because I guess people like podcasts nowadays. You can listen and subscribe to us, and please, when you do, rate and review us. Give us five stars because we deserve it, because um, we're nice. That's it. He's he's Canadian. (laughs) Chris Meany is the nicest guy that I've ever met. He really is. Um, So let's continue. Oh, you're the best. I love you, Chris. (laughs) I love you too, buddy. (laughs) All right. So Baltimore (laughs) Orioles taking on the Red Sox here. You got David Price and John Means. And uh, I means to be taking all of the Red Sox because, um, you know, and this goes to the righties in this lineup, the Bogarts, the Devers, the guys that are going to be a little bit cheaper. Um, I'm willing to even pay up a little bit too because, I mean, look, we're, we're basically in that if you want to play early or late in the afternoon. But looking at the slate as a whole, uh, this looks like another automatic W for David Price. I know automatic sometimes isn't automatic, but, you know. It's, it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty well, close I mean, to automatic here. For you. Yeah. I, originally, if you asked me a couple of days ago, I'd be leery of it. But now we were just talking about Saturday not wanting to go for – you know, go against the Yankees and stuff. But Yankees are still waiting to figure out who's pitching on Sunday. Mm. Carlos Rodon's had a very good start to the season. I think this is an opportunity for a little oppo here. I I think it's – 
Carl's Verdon is primed for a good start here against a very, very weak uh, lineup for the New York Yankees that they're not used to trouting out there. Not only that, and I know we're, we're, you know, we're talking to you guys on a Saturday and the odds can change. Right now, they're plus 205. I mean, that's an upset I can, I can get behind 100%. for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I mean, that line's going to change significantly yes. in the next 24 hours. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's an opportunity to jump on. And we said this before with the Yankees, with their watered-down lineup when they were playing early in the season, I believe against Detroit. They lost two of three. They were heavy, heavy home favorites. Right in those spots and we're here we are again a week later heavy heavy home favorites a little bit and they should be because they're down a lot of guys i mean you're down to second and third string guys and somebody's like you know the dj lemay hughes and i mean the tulowitzki was supposed to be a backup and he's not in you know it's 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 getting to that kind of point where he's looking around for anybody to grab a bat it's bad news right now a a, a double digit swing strike percentage for his career at on and so far 14 percent. so he's keeping the ball on the ground which is a positive thing for him and he's getting some swing and misses so i absolutely love that call and he's not going to cost you a lot no he is not and i think that's a perfect one where if you want to go big time boston bats and carlos Rodon, you could do it it's such a nice price and, and put those two things together and all of a sudden boom you got the best of both worlds you got the big time jd martinez bats against the lefty uh, you've got, you can put Mookie in there. You can do whatever you want with those guys and get Carl's Rodon in there. Uh, Charlie Morton, Marcus Stroman. I hate giving Marcus Stroman credit, but he's been pretty good so he's far this solid. year. So this is another one of those coin flip games for me where Morton's good and Stroman's good. And I'm just kind of steering away because I got to flip a coin and be right. And I don't like to do that. <laughs> no, yeah. Stroman right now playing really good ball really good ball and he has a 60 percent ground ball rate for his career so some of these tampa bats um that have been hitting home runs like austin meadows lately he's been on top of the lineup he's been crushing the ball uh but for stroman i mean even striking guys out 8.68 k per nine is is right i know it's a small sample size but it's a career high for him so yeah this is a pass and and you know i just want to go back to radon and red sox for a second as we're talking about that combination if, when you're playing on DraftKings and you can get a pitcher that you trust and a low-end pitcher and just get a solid stack like the Red Sox, you can do that in cash. You can get by and do that in cash. At least I feel comfortable doing that as well. You may think we're going to be a, a, just a tournament option. No, I think it's a cash solid, Yeah, when you get a is. solid, solid stack like Boston up against You could probably make that lineup work it. both. I mean, you, that's for one sure. of those Absolutely. You, you play it in cash and then you throw it in tournament and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and now Jose Urena has been a guy we've picked on all year and with good reason. Because yeah. he's got a nine ERA and he's facing the Phillies. Now it's in Florida, as we all know. It's in Miami, but give me uh, this is one where if you don't want to go Boston or you want to change things up a little bit, yep. you want to pay up for Hoskins and Harper, you pay up for Hoskins and Harper. I think this is a great opportunity to do it. Just make sure you got to figure out whether or not Real Muto is in that lineup too, if you want to put him in. Also, uh, you never know, he might play a little first base this year too. So just keep that in mind. Check out those lineups as they come uh, locked there. But uh, I like this one as well. I'm not a big Vince Velasquez fan. But in this matchup, I mean, I really like the Phillies. Do you think it's worth taking the plunge there, or is he just too messy for you and inefficient still? I, he definitely is messy. His issue is certainly home runs, but he gets away from Citizens Bank in this start. So, he, you know, that's obviously a plus to go pitch in Miami against this team. So I can get behind it just because of your arena and, and, and chasing a win, and, and that's what it's all about. He can still rack up a few strikeouts. He can get, out of the, he can get to the fifth or the sixth. I know this would just be his second start and maybe give you six or seven strikeouts and a win, he's going to return value for you because Urena, like we've said all year, I mean, 65.5 hard hit rate. I mean, His whip is over two blocked. right now, okay? Yeah. Well, here's, a, here's perspective. When you see a whip number with a two, 
you stack that offense. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when you're giving up <laughs> – I mean, that's just basically like he's starting every inning with two guys on base. Yeah. Pretty much <laughs> and everybody that makes contact is crushing the baseball. Right. So that's a, that's a, that's a bad combination for him and a good combination for us. All right, Jamison Tyon has a, an opportunity here against Anibal Sanchez, I think, on Sunday. Uh, I know Sanchez pitched well last year, but it's been a little up and down. It so hasn't far. been great for him. It hasn't been good. It hasn't been very good at all. So uh, looking at this matchup, too, if you're looking for another oppo pitcher where, you know, taking a shot on a Sunday in the early game, eh, I would take a shot with Tyon too. I feel better about Rodon because of the strikeout ability he's shown so far early in the season. And just, it's really just how weak that lineup is. I mean, the Nationals, even on a Sunday, I know they don't trade Turner and stuff right now, but I still, I still prefer Carlos Rodon uh, to Tyon. And I, yet I guarantee you Tyon's ownership will be higher on Sunday. Yeah, you think, eh? I, I think he's. I think he makes for a nice tournament contrarian option because I feel like people they won't want to play him against Washington. Well, if you're doing multi-entry, you get a Rodon, you get a tie-on, and you move some stuff around. You figure out how to do it offensively, but you keep the core of whatever stack you want. Right, that's a nice approach to take. Jordan Zimmerman against Jose Barrios. That's another one where to the cash game option, you have to pay more for Barrios, especially against the Tigers, especially with all the stats you just threw at us about how much they're striking out. Mm-hmm. So this could be a long weekend for the. For the Tigers. No, you know, for sure. <laughs> a know? lot of swing and misses so far this season with these guys. And, yeah, the lineup is, is just not good, Joe. They're like, right not- off the top, like, guys are not getting on base. Like, I already mentioned Miggy, who's struggling. And they're just not getting on base. Uh, yeah. Harrison hasn't been a guy that's worked out for them either. So, um, yeah, Barrios is probably, out of all the pitchers we've talked about, I mean, maybe the, maybe the strongest from a cash game standpoint. Now, you've got one more big-name pitcher. It's Corey Kluber facing the Royals. It's a good matchup on paper, but Corey Kluber, and this is not the first April he has struggled. He's had a fair amount of Aprils now in his career where it's not the best, and he always seems to get it on track. But when you couple the the struggling April a little bit and you couple the fact that the lineup's been very inconsistent, I mean, it, I would rather go – if I was just playing straight cash, give me the easiest guy, I'd rather have Barrios. I'll tell you what, I really, I'd rather go that way or Price. I think he is a distant third, and I think he's the trap today for sure on Sunday. Yeah, I, th- I think so too, man. We're right, we're definitely on the same page here. It's because it, we're smart it, and attractive. That's why. It has to be. It has to be the reason. I, I mean, can't think of another reason. <laughs> if there's a lot of red flags in in Kluber's game, there was towards the end of last season. You mentioned his slow starts. I, I'm confident that he can turn it around and still be a solid pitcher, and someone we'll talk about. But again, he's not getting the run support. Uh, he's allowing a lot of hard contact. He's walking more guys than we're used to seeing in the fly ball rate right now. I mean, this is a guy who has 45 percent ground ball rate for his career but right now it's sitting at 30 percent. so maybe it's maybe some adjustments he needs to make on his own side but um yeah not, not somebody that I want to pay up for and Jacob Junis is uh, is I, we talked about him last week and we said it was yeah I, I think I believe he was going up against Oakland and we really liked some of their bats and for for Junis home runs hard hits fly balls all the all the boxes you check when you're looking for some bats and you're like what Cleveland bat am I going to get in here Jose Ramirez has gotten to the point where he's a steal on FanDuel. So if you're he playing is, on FanDuel, you, that's a great job. A at him. It's a great job. I mean, he is, it, it's so bad. It's, it's, he's been so bad and it's so low. I, I it's kind of like the Dozier thing that we used last week. Right. Like, it's just, he's a better player than this. Yeah, Start taking shots. Remember a couple of years ago, it wasn't last year when Cano was on the, uh, when the, uh, he suspended, but it was, I think the year or two before. Remember when he did nothing for like a month? 
and his price just completely bottomed out. I had him in every lineup and everything. He was like two three on Fanduel, I think. Yeah, and then like I remember, and then they had like a whole three weeks where the algorithm didn't catch up. Yeah, it slowly yeah. started to creep back up, but until it did, I was just making all kinds of hay. <laughs> exactly. No, it just this is the opportunity. You take those shots while you have them. Okay, uh, the last two matchups you have on the early slate, you have Trevor Cahill and the Angels taking on Tyler Chatwin and the Cubs, and Brett Anderson, Shelby Miller. Um, I don't know if I sound like a broken record, but A's and Texas Rangers yeah. offense. It so just makes back. sense. I mean, yeah, you know, Joe, how many times have we talked about Texas? I mean, every time they play, they basically hit the over, whether it's their offense that, you know, has success or their pitching. And not to mention the ballpark is, is so hitter friendly. Yeah, guys like Shelby Miller and Drew Smiley and yeah, all of them, everybody, Mike Miner. Like everybody, all hands on deck. Give me, Simeon, give me uh, and, I, and like I said, it's, it's like, why well, you keep going back? Well, you know what? This is when you look back and you go, boy, what a month the A's had. It's because every, they've got these matchups every day where it just exactly. makes sense to play them. And, and then on the other side, too, give me Elvis Andrews. Give me Astrobo Cabrera. You know, give me some of those guys that, that in the middle of that order that I, I believe in and that are going to be relatively inexpensive compared to some of the other guys, too. So on this early slate, if you're playing cash, I think the A's and, and Rangers, that's kind of where you want to go for more offense. And then if you're going the opposite route with guys like Carlos Rodon pitching – then you can go up to the Phillies and you could go up to the, the Red Sox and go do it that way. All right, let's move on to the afternoon slate, four o'clock games on the East Coast. Uh, Herman Marquez against Derek Holland. Uh, now, look. He, I like Marquez here. I was going to say, I, I like Marquez too. This, this Giants lineup stinks. I know Holland's been okay. Basically, I'm, I'm, you know, if this, you know, some of the other ones were coin flips, to me, this is like the 60 40. So I, yeah. I, I feel more comfortable there with Marquez. So you agree with me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Giants are hitting like 200 on the season. Their on-base percentage is 260. So, I mean, they they're just don't bad. have it. They're, they're so bad. And, to the and there's point, no hope coming. It's there's no like hope coming. Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Eloy Jimenez or any of these guys in the system. Yeah, if you think Kevin Ballard is going to continue to hit home runs, I mean, you're, you're crazy. It's, it's just not going to happen. I mean, he's, I don't know what's going to happen. better chance of Kevin Millar coming back and hitting home runs for this team. <laughs> for sure. So I love Marquez here. I think he's, I think he's going to be a popular play, but I think it's all right. You can roll him out in cash. You can roll him out in tournaments. All right, let's move on here. you got the Padres uh, taking on Zach Granke and the Diamondbacks. Eric Lauer in this one for the Pods. Uh, I like this matchup for Granke, too. So if we were on the, uh, you know, on the train with the Diamondbacks this weekend – and it was Merrill Kelly, then I think it's Zach Greinke, too. Very good. You know, we, we've been the Zach Greinke whisperers so far. We have been, yeah. That I first mean, we, start, we were all we were running away, and then ever since we've been on, and ever since we've been right, pretty much. So Yeah, listen, I mean, he just faced the, the Padres like 10 days ago, and he had 10K. Yeah. Uh, he, he struck yeah, everyone out, and, and then he followed up that start with a, a 9K performance. Yeah. So he's got 22 strikers. He's trying desperately to get out of there. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, Sam Bumgarner is like a race. Who can get out of the NL West faster to the contending team? Because this is not – I mean, I know the weather is nice over there, but, my God, this is going to be some dog days in July and August for these teams. They are not good. For sure. Uh, Eric Cole is going to be on the slate and super expensive for sure against Marco Gonzalez uh, and the Seattle Mariners. Now, considering how well the Mariners have played, I think this is a dicey, dicey scenario for Garrett Cole. I love Garrett Cole. I'm a big Garrett Cole truther, but at the same time, when you have to spend double-digit thousand dollars on him, it's got to be a little bit safer of a matchup. And uh, you're not going to get any discount on him, so I'm going to steer away. I, I, is he going to be our fade? He's going to be our trap? I think, I think you he's know, the trap. I think he's the, one, the afternoon trap. The, cool one thing the about AM Cole. trap, or actually the early trap, he's the late trap. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know with Cole – 
there's so many positives about his game. Obviously, last year, I mean, he led the league in caper nine. I think it was like 12.4. But the one knock on him is he tends to give up home runs. His fly ball rate last year, 43%. was top 10 in baseball. And so far, he's been hit hard, 42% heading into this start. And we already know about all the, the bats in Seattle with all the power that they have. So, yeah, I think that an underrated, I'm not saying to stack against Garrett Cole, but maybe you just take a couple. Santana's been going yard. Haniger's been going yard. There's a couple bats in there. Ogleback has been, you know, crushing the baseball right now. So there's there's a few bats in that lineup that maybe can get you, um, you know, Ryan Healy's another one, can maybe go yard for you, and their yeah, price will be depressed because of the matchup against Cole. And he's going to cost basically the same amount of DeGrom, who's in the afternoon slate. Uh, actually, no, he's on the evening, so if you play, like, all day, you know, you could possibly get them in there. But I, I don't know. I, I I just think it's a giant trap, you know, so that that's where I am. Miles, Me- Miles Mikolas taking on uh, the Reds and Anthony Descalfani in this one. Uh, two very Mediterranean ethnic sounding pitchers, which I like a lot. I always enjoy that. Uh, but you know, look, Cincinnati is always a great place for offense. I think this is another spot where you can look for some offense in this one between these two guys. Miklas has not been great to start the year. And, uh, I don't want to say he's a fluke from last year, but I think it would be, it would be asking a lot for him to match last year. Now, granted, this was another guy had a bad April and then the rest of the year was very good. Some guys are just slow starters. I remember Mark Deshera was like that. He was like a classic, you know, month of April. Everybody wanted to trade Mark Deshera, and the rest of the season he was like an MVP. Some players are just like that. So right now I take advantage of that, and I think there's some offense in the later afternoon there where if you're going to give me Granky, give me some Reds and Cardinals to uh, pepper in there as well. Love the Reds. Love a Red stacks, stack here. I think you could just continue to pick on Mikolas. I, I believe he could turn it around, but he's a contact guy. He's allowed four walks four homers already in three starts and the Reds are starting to heat up. Joe, we talked about him before we mentioned Suarez as a buy low candidate. It was that seasonal fight. formats. That's what yeah. it was. You get in a fight with the pirates and then you know what it might've been because Puig Sometimes is rolling now. That. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Winker is, is, is rolling at the top of the lineup. He's getting on base and Suarez hit a home run on Thursday. So, I mean, and some of these boy, bats are starting to come more at bats too. Yeah, as he should, right? We well, said it was only a matter of time before he gets in the lineup. All right. You'll seen, uh, going against the Dodgers now. Uh, th- this isn't the Kershaw game because I believe they said He's Monday. He's going Monday. But so, I don't know who's starting. Here. I don't know. You could be you. I don't know. But keep an eye on this. <laughs> Stack because, against me. Well, but here's, here's why I'm going to say it. Keep an eye on who this is. And if it's some kind of wacky spot start from some young guy where you might get a bunch of bullpen guys in there eventually. I'm fascinated to see how they go with this route on Sunday. They haven't announced it as of yet. But um, no matter it could, who it is, I think yeah. the Brewers, you've got to pay real close attention to them. For sure. And especially if it's, I don't think it's going to be Rich Hill, but I know he's throwing and he's close. It could be. And if it is him, I mean, if it's him, it's a four inning start. Like, that's the thing. So even if it is Rich Hill, I'm still going. A four inning start or a one inning start with a setback. I mean, let's be honest. Whoever it is, it's going to be one that you want to get involved in on the Brewer side, I really think. You know, and I know it's Dodger Stadium and all that stuff, but. Uh, they, they can do enough there. It, they can get it done. So give me the Brewers there in that one too. All right. So that'll do it for us here on the weekend show. We'll be back again on Monday as always, because that's what we do. We're the hardest working men in show business. You can follow us on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia 17 at Chris Meany, and of course at line star app. And if you haven't already, make sure you download the line star app and get it and get using it because uh, it is the best in terms of how the tools and the optimizers, the value return on investment, the, the stat nuggets, are unbelievable. They come with all the dipping sauces. They really, they really are. Do. <laughs> the stat nugget. And, and when you look at the player cards, it is amazing how much easily accessible information there. And what I love about it is when you're in the optimizer, it really backs up 
when it says here's the projection of the guy and here's the return on investment value and then here's why, I love that it's so easy to see why. And, yeah. it, and, and I think with baseball, when you continuously go with what makes sense, it's not going to pay off every single time, but it's going to pay off way more than it doesn't. And I think that's something to keep in mind. So make sure you download the app. Make sure you subscribe to the show and have a great weekend of DFS. There's only one thing left to do, and that's step out of the on-deck circle and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meney.